Um, before we, we continue on in song, I just wanted to share just a, a couple quick things um, about, about worship, just different things that I've learned. Um, this, is, this September is going to start my seventh year here at Tyndale, and I, I, it's really weird for me to say that because I don't think I've been in one place this long before. Um, but seven years, and I've been here for six years, and over, over the last six years, God has taught me a lot about worship. And a lot of it, just by being here and being in a community like Tyndale, there's so much that I've learned about worship. And, you know, through all the lessons that I've learned, I've also had a lot of opportunities to, to travel to different churches and retreats and conferences and, uh, and youth groups and stuff like that to, to help lead worship. And um, a lot of that came through um, just being here at Tyndale. And, and, you know, when we have chapel, there's like a billion pastors from a billion different churches here. And, um, it's been a wonderful opportunity for me to be at a lot of different places um, from a lot of different cultural backgrounds and also from a lot of denominational backgrounds. And my favorite part of going to different places is usually, you know, before we start, they want me to introduce myself and kind of talk a little bit about what I do at Tyndale. And I give them, I give them the Tuesday Community Chapel stats. And I, I love looking out after I tell them, how diverse our community is, and everybody looks back with their eyes wide open, and they're like, how is that possible? How, do, how does that work? How does worship work when you have ages from 17 to 74? You have over 40 different cultures and denominations represented in one room worshiping together. How does that work? And it's, it's always fun for me to see those faces and then think back to our times of worship together. And I, I hope I'm not the only one in this room to, that thinks that it, it works. And, you know, we look around and you see a lot of different colors, a lot of different ages, age ranges and age groups. And, uh, and just even what we just sang and what we just experienced, worship in this place works. And um, there, there are a couple things that I, I feel are really important um, and, um, to, to mention, just things that personally I think we've, we've done a pretty good job here with the diversity um, in worship, and these these two things are are so key to that, and um, things that I think will f- help frame our time of worship as the new academic year um, um, comes. And the, the first thing um, is that really needs to take a, a high place in order for worship to work in such a diverse community is sacrifice. Um, one one of the the more difficult things that I've been able to do over the last six years here at Tyndale is. Um, go to a number of churches kind of more on a, on a consulting uh, basis. And um, they, you know, pastors will, will come and ask me uh, to come because something about their worship doesn't work. And something's just, or someone's upset about worship. And they'll come and they'll ask me to uh, come to their service and just kind of um, give my opinion on, on what I think. And um, I, I remember when I was growing up, I grew up at the height of a worship war. And um, I'm sure that's that's something that, a lot of us in this room are familiar with the worship wars. And uh, when I was growing up in high school and, and in youth group, just starting to get involved with worship and leading worship, and um, it was always piano because uh, we couldn't afford an organ. Uh, it was a really small church. We always, worship was always piano. And, you know, the youth group would start to do a bunch of different things and uh, was starting to get really excited. There was some new worship music coming up, coming, coming in and around that era, and um, we started to get really excited about what we could do worship-wise in our youth group, and we wanted to buy a drum set. And that was met with the harshest opposition I had ever known to this date. Um, 
that worship was not, or drums were not allowed in worship. And it's, that, that was a long time ago for me, but a lot of times when I'm at different churches and you hear about from different people that the worship wars still persist today in so many churches, and, and it's sad that it does. Um, and, you know, at the heart of every argument I've ever heard about the worship wars, um, from whichever side, whether you're coming from a more traditional side or a more contemporary side or you're a young person, you're a not-so-young person, a lot of times the argument leaves God out of the leaves God out. It's always about preference. It's always about music style. It's always about volume. It's always about all these things that have nothing to do with God and have nothing to do with worship and have everything to do with people's own personal preferences. And sacrifice is such a key thing when we join together as community, whether it's here at Tyndale or whether it's your home church. Sacrifice is such an important thing. And one of my favorite verses um, in the Bible is 2 Samuel 24, 24. It's King David, and he says, I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. Very powerful verse for me. And when I think about sacrifice and worship, and, and I think about this verse, it's, it's such a great model for us of what true worship needs to be. And in this, in, in this second Samuel passage, this is like post-Bathsheba time for King David, and he's kind of fallen out of favor. He's still a king, but like things are just really going south for him. And, you know, God calls him to build this altar. And he's like, okay, I'm going to build this altar because God has asked me to build this altar. And he goes to um, buy the thre- a threshing floor. And when he's there, the, like, the person selling it, he's like, oh, it's King David. I'm just I'm going to give it to you. Like, you know what, take what you need and, you know, like, don't bother paying me. But King David, who had, you know, every position to say, all right, I'm the king. I'm going to take what I need. But instead he says, I will not sacrifice to the Lord, my God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. And in worship today, there is a huge need for sacrifice. And, you know, sacrifice of time for being here, and, but more than anything, sacrifice of our preferences. Um, worship cannot be about ourselves. And we cannot be here just to push what we prefer for ourselves. And I, w- I want to take this opportunity to to, to, to just say that this is, this is not something that's directed to any particular group or age group, but this is something that, um, you know, we're, I'm very direct about in teaching our worship team people. Um, every, every year, every year, at the start of the year, I go through this with our worship team people. This is our chapel team guidelines. And it's four pages um, talking about um, just what our expectation um, is to be on a, on a worship team and to serve in chapel here. And sacrifice is a huge thing because a lot of times people are coming in just wanting to do what they want to do. Um, and that is the greatest, that does the greatest harm to true God-honoring worship is when we all come just wanting to get and to take what we, and expect to get what we want to get. But rather we should be coming, looking to sacrifice our preferences so that we can give to the Lord and honor him the way that we should. The other thing that I want to mention real quick is servanthood. Servanthood is is another important part. You know, like ser- when we talk about servanthood, where um, you know, I think a lot of times our minds gravitate to the people that are actually doing stuff. But servanthood is an important thing for worshipers as well. The members of a community of a worshiping community, we are all servants together, and it, it's on our Tyndale crest to be servants of Christ. Um, and 
in First Peter 4.10, it says this, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And that's what God calls us to, is to, to use what gifts we have to serve one another. And, you know, how does that, how does that work as, as a community, as, as when we're here gathered together in worship? How do you use the gifts that you have um, to serve the people around you? And I think, for me, it's just remembering the ultimate gift that has been given to us, the presence of Jesus Christ, the ultimate gift, the just being freed from uh, the, this desire to live only for ourselves, but now we've been given something different. And that is the ultimate gift that each of us, every single person in this room has. And how do we use that to serve one another? In, in Hebrews 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. When we are here, not for ourselves, but for the Lord, sacrificing our preferences, focusing our eyes on Jesus Christ and who we are and this gift that he has given to us, it is such encouragement to the people around you. And that is how we serve one another when, we're, when we worship together, that each person is an example to one another of what um, it matters most in life. Um, does that make sense? I'm always never sure when I look out. But you know, these are just some thoughts that, that, and lessons that I've learned myself over the years. Um, one, of the, one of the key things that, that, um, that I that we tell our worship leaders every year um, is to never lead worship with your eyes closed too tight. Because a lot of times when, when we're leading worship, and and not to say I'm, I'm good at this, I'm still something that I work on every single time, um, but the natural temptation is when you're, when you're leading worship and you're playing and you just close your eyes and it's like nothing else is there. But we are called to serve one another. And one of the things that we always try to keep in mind is to never lead worship with our eyes closed too tight because you miss everything that God is doing. And the same thing for us as, as worshipers in a congregation, to never um, forget the things that are going on around you. Never forget the examples of your brothers and sisters and never forget um, the power of what happens when we come together as one body for the same purpose.